This is Betting with Bobby on the Horse Racing Radio Network. Over to the head of the stretch, Authentic Cat is coming with a bid now. Sugar Bay is being scrubbed on. Mickey New toward the rail. Victory Romance and in between horses, Ginger Brew. And they're into the stretch. Authentic Cat has emerged with the lead. The foreboding presence of Ginger Brew splits horses at the eighth ball. And Ginger Brew explodes to the lead. And it's Ginger Brew who's running a hole in the wind. She was unstoppable this afternoon. She wins the Woodbine Oaks by five. Authoritative lengths. Victory Romance was second to show photo. Now here's Bobby Newman. Good afternoon. Welcome to another edition of Betting with Bobby here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. And I'm Bobby Newman here with you every Friday afternoon, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern time. We've got live action from, well, everywhere, it seems like today. We've got the finale at Aqueduct coming up. They're in the paddock right now. Finale at Gulfstream in the paddock for that race as well. Just ran the sixth at Oaklawn. Fairgrounds is on the move as well. But we're going to start our show with race three out at the great race place, Santa Anita Park. 64 degrees, sunny skies right now. The main track fast. The turf course firm. And they're going six and a half furlongs on the turf. No, not the downhill turf course. Not the about six and a half furlong distance. This is actually full six and a half furlongs and on the more conventional newer turf course that they have or turf shoot at Santa Anita so they pass they cross over the dirt uh, on this race as well but they do it a little bit earlier in the race and there's not a downhill portion uh, where they make a right turn before they make a left turn Uh, this race begins another rolling of their rolling pick threes. It is a condition claiming event for four-year-olds and up that are non-winners of two races lifetime, and they're in for a claiming tag of $25,000. Scratch number six, Chickasaw. Big scratch there, four to one on the morning line. All the action coming in on number seven, Zabul. Uh, Zabul for Ryan Hansen and jockey Frankie Dettori has been trying dirt his last two starts, but he's run on the turf five times already in his career. Five of his eight career starts were on turf, and his lone career win came sprinting on the turf at Santa Anita. Now, that was October of 2022, and he's been running uh, kind of mixed between stakes competition, allowance competition, starter allowance competition since then, and hasn't really been close in any of subsequent races. This is his first time that he's offered up for a tag and it's a low tag, 25000 comparative to what, you know, the kind of company that he was keeping in the past. So uh, goes to Frankie Dettori, gets the outside post, huge drop in class. Big favorite on the board. Here's Frank Miramati with race three at Santa Anita. And they're off. Papa Tiger gets the first call in the middle of the course. Street Humor is coming through, and West Coast Gangster is now racing in third. They're followed by Incredible Mo, Zabul racing on the outside of Take Action. Down the back stretch, and the lead belongs to Papa Tiger, who has it by two and a half lengths over West Coast Gangster in second. They're followed by Street Humor and Incredible Mo. There goes Zabul. Zabul all the way up now to take the second spot, and a gap of four to the trailer Take Action. Less than a half mile to go. Papa Tiger, the leader. Zabul into second, followed by Incredible Mo. now third. At the rail, it's Street Humor in the black colors, having to steady just slightly. And three wide is West Coast Gangster. Another two back to take action. 
It's been an easy lead for Papa Tiger, maintaining it by a length and a half. Zabul under heavy pressure in second. Street Humor very much in the thick of it. As the field turns for home, take action surfacing from the back. Top of the lane, and it's Papa Tiger, two-length lead. Take action, looking for room in the yellow colors. Zabul still fighting on. Street Humor is in between Street Humor and Zabul. Getting to Papa Tiger late. Zabul on the outside. Now forges to the front, and it will be Zabul, a hard-fought victory at a very short number. Street Humor second, take action, and Papa Tiger. Unofficially 7-2-1-4, the top four finishers in the third race out at Santa Anita. The big favorite, Zebul, looked like he was in big trouble going past the quarter pole to the top of the stretch as Frankie Dettori was giving him a full-out shove, and it looked like he might actually finish off the board at one point as he was just kind of working as hard as he could and not really making up any ground on the leader. It also looked like number two, Street Humor, was coming on through and going to go right by the favorite Zebul, but a, a combination of the other ones not being that good and Zebul just keeping on going, and he gets the hard-fought maiden win, or not maiden win, but second win in his career at odds I believe of one to five he covered the six and a half furlongs on the turf in one sixteen and three which sounds pretty quick but if you've been paying attention to these turf races at Santa Anita over the last few years they run ridiculously fast numbers on the turf so one sixteen and three for six and a half furlongs on the turf is actually pretty slow one of the the slowest six and a half furlong firm course turf races that you'll see at Santa Anita all meet. I'm not really sure how much I believe the fractions. It says the opening quarter was 24 seconds flat, and then they went 46 and four for the half. That seems a little bit odd. That seems like there must be a very short run-up to that first pole if they went 24 flat for the... I, I can't believe that. Something seems a little bit odd there. But 7214 now posted the unofficial order of finish. We'll get you those prices for the third race at Santa Anita in just a little bit. Over at Gulfstream Park, ninth and final race on their Friday card is five and a half furlongs on the synthetic surface, 74 degrees right now. Mostly cloudy skies here in South Florida. And this race for maiden three-year-olds in for a $25,000 tag. Scratch number eight, Yasur, a first-time starter out of the race. We have eight going to post. Right now it's number nine, Roan, for Joe Orsino and Paco Lopez, who is nine to five on the board. Paco Lopez, I believe, already with two wins on today's card, and he's the pilot of Roan for the first time. Roan has run twice at Gulfstream on the synthetic already, both against Maiden Special Weight Competition. So today uh, he gets Lasix for the first time, going from running as a two-year-old to a three-year-old. This, this is where this is screwy, these rules. Uh, I, I, how, how is Lasix okay sometimes? Well, either it's either it's you can you run on it or you can't. I mean, am I missing something here? So if you're running at these at a track like Gulfstream Park, the two-year-olds do not are not allowed to run on Lasix. The three-year-olds can run on Lasix, unless you're really good and you're in a stake race. Then they don't allow Lasix anymore. I'm so confused as to how people who make decisions come up with these decisions. Either it's okay or it's not. When they when they allow have rules like this, they're you know then 
you're basically telling us, well, Lasix is fine, but we're going to appease some people by not allowing our stake horses or our two-year-olds to run on it. But basically everyone else, you know, the three-year-olds who we don't know if they're good yet or maybe aren't that good, they can run on Lasix all they want. And obviously the older horses can run on, on Lasix too. But these few instances you can't, and that's what confuses me. And that's, listen, that's our sport in a nutshell right now is that uh, decisions that make zero sense have been made. I mean, listen, this this is not like it's just in 2024 or in 2023 or in 2022. This has been happening, you know, in our lifetimes in racing. There are decisions being made that seem so strange that you just have to shake your head. Like it's not okay to run down the hill and cross the dirt at Santa Anita, but we'll build a brand new turf turf chute where they still cross the dirt, and maybe nobody will notice. Who knows? Anyway, they're going into the gate at Gulfstream Park. Paco Lopez picking up the mount for the first time. By the way, Roan is a gelding for the first time in his career. So if you will, the ultimate equipment change, as people like to uh, smirk and say. And Roan getting the benefit of the outside post. So while the others are waiting uh, for everyone to be loaded in. Roan is uh, standing by patiently with his outrider next to him. We've got two left to load. Number seven, first shot fired uh, for Leon McKansas and Jesus Rios. Jesus Rios doesn't normally win a whole lot of races at Gulfstream during the four months of the quote-unquote championship meet, but he wins uh, plenty of races during the whatever the rest of the meet is called. I, I don't know. They have like three or four different meets that they call. I call it the Calder meet. Uh, if it's not the championship meet at Gulfstream, it's the Calder meet. Uh, so during the Calder time of year at Gulfstream Park, Jesus Rios uh, does just fine. Wins about 10% of the time, and uh, that's where he makes most of his money during the year. He stays at Gulfstream year-round, and every now and then uh, he'll he'll – strike the win get to the winner's circle in the championship meet and usually at a very square price and if he gets the job done today at least at this point you're going to get seven to one on number seven first shot fired now they're circling first shot fired behind the gate and he's fine doesn't looks like he's ready to go in but they're not ready to load him which means that there's probably somebody in the starting gate who is acting up, and that's exactly what's happened because now we see that number three, Adios Now, has been backed out of the gate, and my guess is that somebody threw a fit in the gate, and now other horses are being backed out while they do whatever they need to do uh, with this horse in the gate, and this has become a trend over the last 10 years or so, and other ones, by the way, are being backed out of the gate now. So uh, the good and the bad of it is that... um, we're seeing several of these horses. The bad is, uh, we the, the good is we didn't get to see anything really bad happen. The bad is we don't know what happened. Other than I can tell you number four, Flashover, is the one who had the issue because he is now a late scratch from this race. So scratch number four, Flashover, from the ninth and final over at Gulfstream Park. Uh, Flashover was in the starting gate. Don't know exactly what he did in the gate to cause him to be scratched. Uh, but he was scratched nonetheless, and uh, 
Uh, don't know if uh, if they've gotten him out or what's the deal. But the other the riders are still on their mounts, just out of the gate while they're waiting. So while we have a chance, uh, first of all, welcome again to another edition of Betting with Bobby here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. If you'd like to be part of the show, feel free to call in 888-966-HRRN is the number. We'll try to get your call in. You can always email me directly, bobby at horseracingradio.net. That's B-O-B-B-Y. I probably won't get the email during the show, but I could. Uh, either way, I will answer all emails, as I always do. Top of the show, we heard the stretch run of the 2008 edition of the Woodbine Oaks, won by Ginger Brew. She would go on to be named the Sovereign Award champion three-year-old filly that year. And the Sovereign Awards, in case you don't know, are Canada's equivalent of our Eclipse Awards. Um, and the, the funny thing with Ginger Brew is she, she never won a graded stake in her career. And in all, she ran at Gulfstream five times in her career, and she only won one of those five races. It was an allowance event. But there's a stake race in her name tomorrow at Gulfstream, and the reason is she was owned by Stronic Stables. And, of course, we all know that Frank Stronic and uh, his companies have owned Gulfstream for many, many years. Right now, his daughter is the one who's in charge of the racing these days. Um, and the old golden rule being, you know, he who has the gold makes the rules. And despite the fact that Ginger Brew really was nothing special at Gulfstream Park and was just a listed stake winner in her career, there's a stake named in her honor tomorrow at Gulfstream Park. And uh, listen, Frank Stronic could do whatever he wanted at the time, and they've continued it. The Ginger Brew has been around now, uh, I think, for basically 10 or 12 years right now, and it's uh, it's actually a fun race tomorrow at Gulfstream. One of 12 races Bob Nastanovich and I will cover on tonight's Am Wager Weekend Stakes Preview. All right, loading back in at Gulfstream, here's race number nine. And runners away. East Boston Benny, first off the blocks. Roan moving up from the outside. He'll land a flanking position in second. At the rail, a horse with no name. And in between horses goes Adios now. Back from there, it's Curlin's cruising. Together with first shot fired, he's in the blue on the far outside. Just ahead of him is Wemby. To the far turn they go. It's now Adios now for a narrow lead. A horse with no name fights back second. Roan is third, but he's lost his spot. Up to the outside, that's Wemby, who's now fourth. Adios now fifth at the rail. Then first shot fired in Curlin's Cruz, and they round the far turn. East Boston Benny has the lead three parts of a length. Roan now improves again to take second. From between horses, Adios now. Wemby's on the far outside through a 22-2 opening quarter. Less than a quarter of a mile to come. Roan on the outside. East Boston Benny fighting back toward the inside. Side. Two and a half to Adios now. He's now third with an eighth of a mile to go. On the outside, Roan tries to power forward here. Inside, East Boston Bendy testing him to the wire. Roan just in front, and Roan will get the job done. Roan by a length. Second, East Boston Bendy. Adios now is third in 103 flat. Unofficially, 9-6-3-5 in the finale at Gulfstream Park. Number nine, Roan, who goes off the favorite at 6-5, to five, gets the job done. That's three wins on the card for jockey Paco Lopez. And I assume there are consolation payoffs and whatnot because of the late scratch of number four, Flashover. So if you didn't get a consolation payoff and you got the off-time favorite in his place, the off-time favorite was the winner, number nine, Roan. Uh, so anyone who had number four flash over and gets in getting the favorite gets the horse who got the unofficial win. Uh, both fairgrounds and aqueduct 
say that they're one minute away. Uh, since we've got a few races left on the fairgrounds card, and this is the finale at Aqueduct, we'll go to Aqueduct. 36 degrees, sunny skies, fast track for the eighth and final on their Friday card. Six and a half furlongs, the distance on the main track. Maiden special weight event for New York bred Phillies and mares. We've got a big field of 11 going to post, and as is normally the case with these finales in New York, you get big fields that seem like they're wide open. Very rarely four to five shots, it seems like, in these finales. And the favorite right now is three to one in the board. That's number one, Ghost Bustin for Bruce Levine and Kendrick Carmouche. Ghost Bustin has raced once in her career. It was December 7th. And she was fighting all the way around the track, uh, battling for the lead as the 9-5 to favorite in her debut. So the well-meant that day, fired a big shot, came up a neck short in a three-way photo finish on the line. Uh, that was breaking from the outside in a nine-horse field. Now she has the race under her belt, but she has to break from the rail, which doesn't seem like a... a Great trade-off, but uh, certainly her one race that she's run was very, very good. I happen to think the field she's facing today is tougher than what she saw last time out. There are Phillies in here like number three, Monetary Monarch, who have uh, high speed figures and have run a couple of times as well. Uh, the seven, Accelerina, is coming off a good second place finish in her most recent start. Uh, Moonlit Weekend was not far behind Ghost Bustin uh, when they met in early December. So a uh, lot of uh, ways you can go. I can tell you they're running right now at fairgrounds, and I apologize that we couldn't bring you both the fairgrounds and the aqueduct race, uh, but we're sticking with aqueduct because this is the only race that we get to cover from Aqueduct this afternoon. Number 10, Foxy Kara was only a neck behind the favorite Ghost in last time out. Difference is Foxy Kara is now 0 for 11 coming into this race, whereas Ghost is just 0 for 1. So several different ways you can go. Slight favoritism at this point uh, going with number one, Ghost for Bruce Levine and Kendrick Carmouche. Can tell you that... Looks like number five, Happy's Smile. The rider is off as they're loading her into the starting gate, but uh, she went in without any issues, and jockey Jose Lescano is uh, climbing back aboard. Rather, that's uh, number four, Tariga, with Luis Rivera Jr., who uh, loaded without the rider. She's run twice on turf and decent races in both of those efforts, now trying sprinting on the dirt for the first time. If she dirts as well as she turfs, she's going to be a big thorn in the side of the favorite number one Ghostbuster, and they're pretty close as far as speed figures goes. Big field. Chris Griffin has the duties of calling them. And they're off. Stumble at the start for Eastern Star, but did break quickly. In between horses, Red Jasmine immediately to the front. At the rail there is Ghostbuster, Eastern Star. Now collects herself as tracking from third. Joining them, Tariga is moving forward. At the rail is Monetary Monarch to join that second grouping. Out wider, their Accelerina, very far outside. Moonlit Weekend, it's a line of a five, and behind the battling duo. Then further back in the field, She's a Natural is going to be towards the tail end. Foxy Kara is under drive towards the back end of the field. Second to last is Happy Smile in the trailer. Crystal Air, pretty tightly bunched. They went 23 seconds flat for the opening quarter mile. And to the inside, it's Ghostbustin. Ghostbustin's got the lead. The big long shot, Red Jasmine, is back for more to the outside. There's still a clear one, two. Tariga is now in the clear, is in third, is looming up on the outside with Monetary Monarch, who's at the rail, is shoved along and in between horses. Eastern Star looking for room. She's a natural. Happy Smile. Lime Green Silks, nowhere to go right now, but has some horse. Rallying on Foxy Care up on the far outside is Star. 
starting to move, and here comes Foxy Carroll with the run. Moonlit Weekend's trying to find that move, but Ghostbustin's trying to run away. It's Ghostbustin' who's now kick clear, but in pursuit, here's Foxy Carroll rolling down the grandstand side. Ghostbustin' is trying to fend off an oncoming Foxy Carroll who moves in closer as they're approaching the six-feet pole. They are well apart, but Ghostbustin' is holding the rail, and Ghostbustin' is up by a length and a half. Ghostbustin, Kendra Carmouche. They win the finale. Ghostbustin gets it over Foxy Kara. Then came. She's a natural holding off an oncoming happy smile and moonlit weekend. In one minute, 20 and three. Unofficially, 1-10-8, the top three finishers in the eighth race at Aqueduct. The favorite, Ghost Bustin, breaks well from the rail under Kendrick Carmouche and just keeps on going, winning easily in the finale, once again defeating Foxy Kara. They were only about a neck apart when they ran against each other on December 7th. More like two, two and a half lengths apart this afternoon. Five to two, the off odds on number one, Ghost Bustin, who was the favorite in the finale, one twenty and 3 the time for the six and a half furlongs. By the way, over at Fairgrounds, we didn't get to bring it to you. Order a finish in their sixth race, four, one, five, six. The four hoodlum getting the job done uh, over at Fairgrounds. They've been having some rain over at Fairgrounds. It was fast early in the day, but uh, significantly wetter right now on the track, and races are off the turf there. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll get you paid at Santa Anita, at Gulfstream, at Aqueduct, at Fairgrounds. Horses are coming onto the track now for the seventh race at Oaklawn, just about five minutes away there. This is the Betting with Bobby show on HRRN. We have the world at our fingertips, inspiration in our touch, and power in our hands. Our hands, gentle enough to hold the next generation, yet strong enough to build movements that can change the world. Our hands can build relationships, frame ideas, and empower communities. We have the ability to share and imagine, create and comfort, love and heal the world around us. And it doesn't stop there. Right here, in our hands, we have the power to save a life. If you see a teen or adult suddenly collapse, call 911 and push hard and fast in the center of the chest. The power is in your hands. Anthem Foundation is the proud national supporter of the American Heart Association's hands-only CPR campaign. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Tom and Levi. Tom is the smartest man I know. He's been a professor at two major universities, been a teacher for over 40 years. One day, he told me that he was having um, problems in his classes. I think one of the students had asked the question and he didn't remember the answer. And I also noticed that he was letting his class out earlier than they were supposed to let out. And he was telling them that he was doing it as a favor to them. But I think in reality, he just wanted to get out of there. Um, I was really starting to worry because I saw something was wrong. Levi and I talked about how it would change our lives, but he was there beside me, and my love for him was just immense. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash ourstories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Veterans. The U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs has resources and support services to help if you're having difficulty paying or remaining current on your rent. VA and its partners can help you avoid homelessness and pay for utilities and other housing-related expenses. 
Don't face a housing crisis alone. Choose VA for the housing benefits you've earned. To learn more, visit va.gov homeless. That's va.gov homeless. Thursday evenings, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern, is the brisnet.com call-in show. It's your chance to call in and let the Horse Racing Radio Nation know what's on your mind. Call us at 888-966-HRRN. That's 888-966-4776. And discuss the topics you choose in the world of thoroughbred racing. The brisnet.com call-in show. Sirius 162, XM 207, and streaming live at horseracingradio.net. You're listening to Betting with Bobby on the Horse Racing Radio Network. They come to the quarter pole now, and Tarasan gets the lead, immediately tackled by Mr. Frisky. And these two are starting to turn it into a two-horse race at the top of the lane. It's Tarasan and Chris McCarran on the inside. Mr. Frisky and Gary Stevens stride for stride with an eighth of a mile to go. Mr. Frisky, the wonder horse from Puerto Rico, now gets the lead from Tarasan, a sixteenth of a mile to go. Mr. Frisky is going to keep his unbeaten record intact as he wins the San Vicente from Tarasan. Top cash was way back in third. That was Trevor Denman on the call back in 1990, the first U.S. start for the Puerto Rican Flash. Mr. Frisky was a victory in the San Vicente. Back then it was known as the San Vicente Breeders' Cup. A lot of races were known as the so-and-so Breeders' Cup. This year's San Vicente takes place tomorrow out at the Great Race Place. Welcome back to Betting with Bobby here on HRRN. Oh, you some prices from basically everywhere, and we'll get to those in just a few minutes. But we need to get to Oaklawn Park first because they're getting close to post time for the seventh race on the card. 38 degrees in Hot Springs right now, cloudy skies, and the track condition is sloppy. It actually snowed a little bit this morning in Hot Springs, and uh, that can be a problem. When the weather, when it gets below freezing at Hot Springs, uh, they're in danger of canceling races because they are not allowed to treat their track with chemicals needed to prevent it from freezing over because it's part of a national park there and I guess there's some sort of environmental laws or whatever that they would be breaking to do that so this is kind of the way it is and every year it seems like Somewhere in the January, February time of year when the temperatures get low in hot springs, they have to worry about that. Well, the temperatures were at around the freezing point for a little bit this morning, but thankfully not too long and not long enough uh, for the track condition to be in any danger. Of course, they're not close to being a fast track right now, um, but whatever snow came down is melted. They had some rain. Uh, right now, it's just cloudy out, but the track is sloppy as they get ready for the seventh race. Maiden special weight event for three-year-olds going the distance of one mile, and it's a uh, they, they end at the 16th pole when they run the mile at Oaklawn Park. We've heard it for years and years and years from, from Terry Wallace to Frank Miramati and, and Pete Aiello and, and uh fixed off or going on and on in all these races. Almost all of the announcers remind us at some point during the race uh, that the finish line is the 16th pole. Uh, I think Terry Wallace is saying, here they come into the short stretch of the mile run. And the other announcers just remind us that don't forget they ended the 16th pole. A little bit more official than I just made it sound. Uh, but that's what happens in this uh, one-mile race. Uh, big field of 12 
going to get to post in this race. Several first-time starters, several lightly raced three-year-olds with uh, with stars in their eyes, if you will, and uh, including number six, crushed it for Brad Cox and Martin Schwan. Crushed it raced once and was the six-to-five favorite uh, opening week. I believe, or within the first week or so of Oaklawn being open, uh, got bet down to six to five in a full field of 12 and uh, closed from three and a half lengths back at six furlongs to lose by a neck uh, while six lengths clear of the third place finisher. Crushed it is by dialed in out of a Harlan's holiday mare. So certainly some reasons to think that he may be just fine going around two turns. And uh, Brad Cox, by the way, uh, Second-time starters, first-time route, basically about as good as anything else, winning 28 29% of the time. Uh, crushed it like uh, all of these other three-year-olds are eligible to run with Lasix now. He was not eligible to run with Lasix as a two-year-old uh, last start. And uh, like Gulfstream Park and some other tracks, two-year-olds, no Lasix, three-year-olds, Lasix. But if Crushed It wins today and then, like, shows up in the Southwest Stakes or the Rebel Stakes for his next start, no Lasix, once again. Ridiculousness. And um, I, I just I, – I, I would like – I, I kind of want somebody to explain it to me, but I also don't want somebody to explain it to me where my, my head is sitting there spinning and knowing that they're not really telling me the truth, which I think is this, because there's no really good reason for this. It's either okay or it's not. You, you can't tell me – well, it's not okay for two-year-olds, but it's good for these three-year-olds and not these three-year-olds. Anyway, Crushed It goes into the gate as the even-money favorite. Second choice in the wagering number one gold brick for Brett Calhoun and Francisco Arietta. He has three starts already under his belt, uh, including a nose defeat going a mile at Oaklawn in his most recent start. He made the lead and uh, just narrowly defeated last time out while well clear of the rest of the field. Uh, gets the benefit of the inside post. I'd expect him to fire away from that inside gate and see if he can take them wire to wire uh, once again today, meaning he's going to try again to take them wire to wire. He was not successful in taking the wire to wire last time out. Uh, third choice in the wagering. Well, it's tough to say. There are several others that are getting play. Number 10, Northern Chill, is a second-time starter who did not run very well in his debut, uh, and he's uh, hesitating behind the gate. He has now gone into post position number 10, double-loading as they always do at Oaklawn Park. Here is the favorite crushed it in those lime and black colors of Klein Racing. Uh, moving into the gate. Um, and he also is hesitating just a little bit. Number 11, Special Dispatch, a first-time starter for Kenny McBeak, going into post 11. Solid works, four or five furlong works for his debut. Kenny McPeak doesn't win with a ton of first-time starters. He actually does better when they debut at a mile or more than he does at the ones who are sprinting. So I guess if you're looking for Kenny McPeak firsters, this might be the spot. Number 12, Geno's Myth is in. Here's Oaklawn race seven. And uh, Laroff, Mirage was off slowly. Sarpedon, the first, are also slow to go. 
Major Mack in the pink jacket up close with Crushed It. Riyad Moon three wide on the course. Those three tussle for early supremacy into the turn. Crushed It has the lead by just about a neck. Major Mack right there to press the issue. Riyad Moon off of them runs in the third position. Tornado Road is next, followed by Snow King and Northern Childer side by side with Goldbrick making it a line of three. Flashy fast right off that trio. Racing in midfield, two clear of Geno Smith. A length and a half to Sarpedon. And Mirage is second to last. One way out of it at the back. That special dispatch the first time starter. Maybe 25 lengths behind down the back stretch. Crushed it on top here. Three quarters of a length and a good gallop now. Major Max still pressing from the outside. Second, Tornado Road is third. Gold Brick moves up between horses. Riyad Moon in the meantime, he's three deep. Northern Chills lost a position. He's already under pressure entering the far turn run. Snow King is being passed by Flashy Fast, who's down on the inside attempting to get closer on the fence. Geno Smith is next. Sarpedon losing ground, and Special Dispatch was so far behind early. He's passing runners, has a lot of ground to make up, at least 12 lengths as they hit the quarter pole. This race won at the 16th pole as crushed it still in front crushed it off the turn gold brick coming to challenge now major mac calls it a day in the third position special dispatch continues to grind away but as they hit the 16th marker it's a battle on the lead between crushed it and gold brick gold brick on the outside with the momentum crushed it back to second trying to fight back gold brick in front narrowly and gold brick wins it gold brick out finishes crushed it third home flashy fast Riyad moon in the photo for fourth with special dispatch Unofficially 1659 in the seventh race at Oakland Park. Two favorites way ahead of the rest of the field. And the one with more experience and the previous two turn experience, number one, Gold Brick, able to outfinish the favorite, crushed it while well clear of everyone else. We'll get you those prices in a bit. Speaking of prices, we owe you some prices from basically everywhere. So we're going to start out at Santa Anita, where the third race on the card went to the big favorite, number seven, Zabul, a four year old bay gelding by collected out of the Empire. Maker Mare Bahama Bound, owned by Draco Sir Hansen, trained by Ryan Hansen, Frankie DeTori with the winning ride. Zabul paid $260, Second, two street humor, $7.360. Third one, take action, $280 to show. And fourth was number four, Papa Tiger. The exacta paid $12.20, the try $31.40. And the dollar super, $28.90. We'll get you some more prices in just a little bit. But we need to get out to Santa Anita because their fourth race is just a minute away from post time. A mile and a 16th on the fast main track. $10,000 the claiming tag here. These are four-year-olds and up. Just a field of five gathering for this race. All the action on number three, Paco's Pico for John Sadler and Joel Rosario. Three to five right now on the board for the Sun of Candy Ride, who uh, has been in the money each of his last two starts, last time out against 16 claimers at Los Al, maybe more importantly, two starts back, finished second at this $10,000 level and at Santa Anita. Uh, huge rider change here, going from J.G. Torrealba, who's an apprentice, uh, to Joel Rosario, who uh, certainly, wh whether you think he's one of the best riders in the country or not, there was a time in the last five years uh, where you probably thought that he was one of the best riders in the country. He, he's obviously very, very talented. Uh, he maybe has uh, has been passed by the Ortiz brothers if he was ever in front of them, um, and maybe somebody like Tyler Gaffleone or Luis Saez or Flavian Pratt. Uh, but Joel Rosario trying to uh, 
get back to uh, the way things were a few years ago. We only is winning like a 14% clip since the beginning of last year, which for him is certainly nothing to sneeze at. Uh, but for him uh, is not what we're used to seeing. So uh, returning to the West Coast where he had so many very, very good years uh, year after year, and we'll see if uh, Joel Rosario it gets back to uh, the higher percentages that we're used to seeing from him uh, in days past. Second choice in the wagering is number five, Tembo, for Steve Knapp and Abdul Al-Sagor. Uh Tembo is coming off back-to-back second-place finishes of his own. He ran second at this $10,000 level at Santa Anita last October, followed it up with a second-place finish against eight claimers at Del Mar in his most recent start. I don't think there's a gigantic difference, if any difference, between the 8,000 and 10,000 and even 12.5 claimers in Southern California. When you're talking about maybe other quote-unquote smaller tracks around the country where you know they're running, let's say, $3,000 claimers as the bottom or $4,000 or even five, then when you get to the 8, 10, 12, 5, uh, there's a little bit of difference because now you're talking in basically what's getting up to their highest price claimers that they may have. But, you know, being at Santa Anita, you know, they they have maidens that run for 50000 They uh, on, They still have winners that I think run for optional 62.5, maybe even optional 80, maybe on a very rare occasion, even optional 100. Uh, so when it comes to the 8, 10, 12, 5 levels out at Santa Anita, I think you're basically looking at the same caliber of runners. You just may get a few more in one, you know, somebody doesn't want their horse claimed for eight, so they may not put him or her in for eight, but they might put that same horse in for 10 or for 12, five, uh, that kind of a thing. Anyway, uh, these 10 claimers, at least today, are moving into the gate for the fourth race at Santa Anita, three to five on number three, Paco's Pico, nine to five, now two to one on number five, Tembo. Everyone else would pay double digits if they got the job done this afternoon, beautiful day beneath the San Gabriel Mountains out in Arcadia, California. Here's our friend Frank Miramati with the call. Foundation. And they're off. Paco's Pico and New Every Morning. Those two speed away in the opening furlong. Divine Feminine Tembo now moves up, takes third. Muhammad Ali is down at the rail. New Every Morning just in front of Paco's Pico. And Tembo will get a nice cozy position just off the top pair with four lengths to make up. He's followed by Muhammad Ali down at the rail. And then it's Divine Feminine. Six furlongs to run. And it's New Every Morning by a head. Paco's Pico continues right up alongside. Four and a half back to Tembo in third. Then two more, Divine Feminine, Muhammad Ali. Five-eighths to run. And they're still head and head, but now it's Paco's Pico asserting himself and opening up a length and a half quickly on New Morning in second. Another two back to Tembo third, followed by Divine Feminine, and Muhammad Ali has lost touch. 15 lengths off the leader, heading toward the 3-8th pole. Paco. 
goes. Pico, the one to catch. Now Tembo comes after him smartly in second. Paco's Pico and Tembo past the three-eighth pole together, heads apart. As Divine Feminine takes third, New Every Morning has dropped out of it. Muhammad Ali has been no factor. Tembo's yellow blinkers on the outside of Paco's Pico as the field turns for home. It's Tembo just in front. Paco's Pico, Divine Feminine, four back in third. Three-sixteenths of a mile to go. Tembo and Paco's Pico continue to slug it out, and Divine Feminine's trying to pick up the pieces, grinding away three back third. Tembo, Paco's Pico, Divine Feminine getting closer. Tembo, Divine Feminine. Tembo or Divine Feminine, Tembo prevails. Divine Feminine second, Paco's Pico third. Unofficial order of finish, five, four, three, two, one in the fourth race at Santa Anita. Number five, Tembo, was very tired in the late stages. Came home the last 16th in over seven seconds. Still just enough to hold off the late run of number four, Divine Feminine. Favorite Paco's Pico wilting to third. Once again, 145 and four the time for the mile in the 16th. Five, four, three, two, one. The order of finish. Tembo up to three to one at post time. The unofficial winner of race four at Santa Anita. Oh, yeah, some prices uh, from some other racetracks. We'll start over at Gulfstream Park where the ninth and final race on their card went to the favorite number nine, Roan, a three-year-old grayer Roan Gelding by Yoshida out of the due date mare. First, you make a roo. Owned by Robert Cotran and trained by Joe Orsino. Three one wins on the day for Paco Lopez. And Roan paid 460, 280, and 220. Second six, East Boston Benny, 380, 260. Third three, Adios Now, 280 to show. Fourth number five, Wemby, exact to 1740. The try 1410. The dollar super, $131.60. Over at Aqueduct, Eighth and final race on their Friday card was won by the favorite, number one, Ghost Bustin. She's a four-year-old, four rather, chestnut filly by Bustin Stones. Out of the Freud mare, Your Time Is Up. Owned by Roddy Valente and trained by Bruce Levine. Kendrick Carmouche, the winning ride on Ghost Bustin, who paid $760, $450, and $350. Second, 10, Foxy Cara, $390, $320. Third, eight, She's a Natural, $1220 to show. Fourth, number five, Happy's Smile. The exacta forty-four eighty, the trifecta one hundred thirty-three dollars, and the dollar superfecta eight thousand one hundred fifty-four dollars and fifty cents. Uh, we did not get to bring you the call of race number six at the fairgrounds, but we're going to give you the prices nonetheless. Order of finish was four one five six. Number four, Hoodlum getting the win. Five-year-old Bay Gelding by Pioneer of the Nile out of the Congrats Mare Venus Valentine, owned by John McCullough and Alan McCullough. Al Stahl Jr., the trainer. Raylu Gutierrez in the saddle on number four, Hoodlum, who paid $12.640 and $4.20. Second one, My Barely. 280, 240, third five, yes, point, 1040 to show. Fourth number six, bonus appreciation. The exacta paid 3140, the trifecta $250.15, the dollar superfecta $2,390.20. And let's see if we have it. Over at Oaklawn Park, we do have it. Uh, the results of the seventh race have gone official. And the winner there was number one, Gold Brick, a three year old Bay Colt by Golden Sense out of the Archmare. Vassoir, or Vussoir, I, I honestly don't know, V-O-U-S-S-O-I-R, Vussoir, 
I didn't look it up. Owned by Winter Storm Limited, trained by Brett Calhoun, Francisco Arietta with the ride. Number one, Gold Brick, seven dollars, three dollars, two forty. Second six, crushed it, two sixty, two ten. Third five, flashy fast, three twenty to show. Fourth number nine, Riyadh Moon. The exacta paid fifteen twenty. The try twelve fifty five. The dollar super one hundred sixty five dollars and ninety cents. Our next live race is coming from the fairgrounds, just three minutes away from post time at the fairgrounds. And at the fairgrounds, uh, it's kind of nasty out right now. Fast and firm to begin the card, uh, which ended up going to good and off, and now is sloppy enough. 63 degrees and rain, and more rain. Main track sloppy. They are off the turf uh, for the remainder of the card. And the seventh race on today's card was originally scheduled at about seven and a half furlongs on the turf. It will. It is now going to be run at one mile on the main track, a two-turn mile at fairgrounds. It's an optional, uh, optional claiming allowance event. Uh, these are Louisiana-bred fillies and mares, non-winners of four races lifetime, um, or how about this, non-winners of two races on the turf since July 5th of last year, or in for a claiming tag of $35,000. That's an interesting... And how about this? They didn't lose anybody out of this race. Ten were entered, no scratches, despite the change in surfaces. And how about that? They're going from turf to dirt. They don't even have have to go from turf to synthetic. They're just all in the race, despite the race uh, coming off the turf. Three to five right now, the price on number three, AG's Charlotte for Patricia West and Marcelino Pedroza Jr. Coming off back-to-back second-place finishes on the dirt at fairgrounds against a state-bred stakes competition. It was actually even money in one of those state-bred stakes uh, back in November. So dropping in, if you will, against uh, allowance-caliber runners. And I say that, although a lot of these runners have run in stakes competition in the past, uh, you know, when... when This is basically a stakes caliber field running under the guise of allowance conditions. Uh, But A.G. Charlotte has raced three times on an off racetrack, and she's hit the board in all three of those races. One win, one second, and one third. Overall, um, she looks like she's much better on dirt than she is on turf. Uh, Seven wins, seven seconds, three thirds from 22 starts in her career. Of those 22 starts, six were on turf. One win, three seconds, which means um, 16 starts on dirt, six wins, four seconds, and three thirds. She's basically always in the money, almost always in the money uh, when she runs on dirt, and she's run well on wet tracks in the past. She's a, a mare that figures to be close to the pace. She, she's gone to the lead and won in the past. Most of her races, she's sitting two, three lengths out of it at the first call and, and trying to make her run four to five her price right now. The only other one that's less than 10 to one on the wagering at this point is number 10 star moment for Brett Calhoun and Corey Lannery uh, coming off a disappointing effort uh, where she was in a, a same race as A.G. Charlotte on December 9th. A.G. Charlotte was second that day, beaten four lengths and star moment was fifth that day, beaten 13. So they were almost nine lengths apart. Uh, despite the fact they were not that far apart in the wagering. Star Moment now has to overcome the outside post. Uh, She also has to overcome a wet racetrack. She's only run on an off track once in her career, and it was a track labeled good, 
and it was the worst start of her career. Now, she did have about a month and a half off after that, and she seems like she's a much better filly now than she was back then. That was back when she was a two-year-old late in 2022, uh, but still a little bit of a concern there that the one time she saw some sort of uh, non-firm ground, if you will, on the dirt, uh, she didn't handle it very well, and she's getting for sure an off-racetrack today as there is standing water on the main track at the fairground. So they are loading in for this off-the-turf seventh race down in New Orleans where number three, A.G. Charlotte, remains the heavy favorite in the race. And number 10, Star Moment, remains clearly the second choice. Everyone else is double digits, would pay at least $20 if they got the upset win today. Nine in, just waiting on the 10-star moment. Corey Lannery aboard this daughter of Star Guitar, who, of course, was a very, very good horse around New Orleans during his racing career, and he's become a great stallion down there as well. All in the gate, we'll hand it off to John Dooley with the call of race seven. They're off. Racing one mile after being fractious in the gate. Whole lot of mode drifts back to last. Nearest the inside, Speedy Dudette has come charging out on the lead for Aubrey Green as they enter the first turn from a close-up Eve's Delight. Nearest the inside is Follow the Saint, who's right there in the purple silks. Cheapskate Diva running in fourth, and A.G. Charlotte is fifth, and they have six furlongs to go from the first line finish, and Star Moment is covering a lot of ground. Fort Polk between horses, the great snowball comes up the wet track rail, then it's a break of four more to hold out a mow, and Fort Harper has dropped back to last after a couple of furlongs in 24.66 seconds as they make this run toward the half-mile pole, and it is Speedy Dudette. Speedy Dudette, a long-odds leader to a half-mile from home. Eve's Delight, and on the outside, Cheapskate Diva three wide for her bid. A.G. Charlotte looks to draw in now from fourth. Follow the Saint in fifth. Star Moment has raced wide in sixth. In the meantime, Snowball saving ground, seven lengths off the lead. And Snowball in tight quarters there with Fort Polk looking to launch a bid. Whole lot of mo for Harper still trails. Half mile, 48.68 seconds. As they come into this final quarter of a mile, Speedy Dudette, A.G. Charlotte now, gearing up for Marcelino Pedroza Jr. as these Phillies mares splash for the short stretch. Three quarters, one minute 13. Point thirty-seven seconds, it's A.G. Charlotte, Speedy Dudette, second toward the inside. Fort Polk is running on with on the extreme outside, whole lot of mo. A.G. Charlotte, Speedy Dudette, gamely. It's A.G. Charlotte kept to the task. A.G. Charlotte and Speedy Dudette, A.G. Charlotte to win it by a half length to Speedy Dudette. Fort Polk third and whole lot of mo finish fourth. Unofficially, three, two, four, eight, the unofficial or rather the first four finishers in the seventh race at Fairgrounds, originally scheduled for the turf, moved to the dirt at a mile and uh, moved on to a sloppy main track, as it were. Even money, the price on number three, A.G. Charlotte, who comes away with the win in race number seven, goes off, uh, as I said, at even money and uh, got a perfect trip under Marcelino Pedroza Jr., was all out to get by number two, Speedy Dudette, who was 58-1, to one. That one ran a big race, but just second best today to the big favorite, A.G. Charlotte, who covered the mile in 140, uh, almost 140 and 1, 140.19 seconds. Uh, we'll get you those prices in just a little bit. By the way, I noticed, and we had a gentleman call last night on our brisnet.com call-in show. First of all, a couple of things. 
Uh, thanks to all the callers last night. Uh, if you weren't listening last night or you didn't get a chance to get in, our friends over at Brisnet and Twin Spires are giving away free 2024 racing calendars to anyone who calls in to any of our brisnet.com call-in shows during this month of January. So if you didn't have a chance last night, you can call next Thursday, the Thursday after. Anyone who calls in, whether you have a, a, a real question or you're just calling to, you know, just get your free calendar is what it is. Uh, they're great, uh, and we'd be happy to ship them to you courtesy of our friends at Brisnet and Twin Spires. Uh, those call-in shows are every Thursday night from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. But back to what this caller asked about, he was talking about the racing at Turfway Park and how on some races, two-turn races, they don't take the starting gate fully out of the way and they move it to the outside portion of the rail. Um, and he was saying that there was a race where some horse actually went all the way to the outside rail, and if they had left the starting gate there, then there had been a problem for this horse. Um Fairgrounds is another place that does this. I don't know if it's only when the track is off, but I noticed it when they were coming down the stretch in this race. When they're passing basically the 16th pole, they go out of sight from the cameras for a second and a half while they're running behind what is the starting gate parked on the outer rail. And my guess is that with the sloppy track and everything, they don't have a chance to maybe get the starting gate fully out of the way of the horses. And when I say fully out of the way, that is taking it to the end of the home stretch shoot, at, you know, at basically, you know, you know, past where the turn is, there's usually a little bit of a shoot there uh, at all of these tracks. And a lot of times it'll, it'll be, for, they'll use it for longer races or if, if there's tracks that have quarter horse racing too, you know, it could go as far as, 440, 550 yards down from the finish line. Um, but my guess is that's why it is, and Fairgrounds is another place. I don't know if they do this on all of their two-turn dirt races, but they certainly did it in this most recent one, uh, which was on a sloppy track, and I, I'm guessing they just can't get the gate to where they want it in time, so they just move it to the outer rail, and uh, the jockeys know it, and yeah, I mean... <laughs> The, the the plain and simple fact of this is um, we it's not the safest thing in the world. Um, but until something bad happens, there's no problem with it. You know, once something bad happens, then there's going to be a gigantic hullabaloo, along with all the news stations picking it up, there'll be a giant hullabaloo with everyone in racing. Why would they leave the track? Why would they leave the starting gate? There? Why would they run races if they know they can't get the starting gate off the track in time? Um, but it hasn't happened, and hopefully it will never happen. Um, but, yeah, T- Turfway is not the only place uh, that this has happened. Uh, over at Oaklawn Park, they are getting close to post time for the eighth race on their card. Crappy weather at fairgrounds today. Possibly crappier weather at Oaklawn. It looks like the mist is coming down once again for race number eight, uh, an allowance optional claiming event for fillies and mares, non-winners of two other than, or in for a claiming tag of $50,000. They will sprint six furlongs, scratch numbers two and five. Still a big field of 10 going to post in this race, and we've got an uh, an odds-on favorite in number 11, effortlessly elegant. For Norm Cassie and Ricardo Santana Jr., you may be saying to yourself, effortlessly elegant, I know her from somewhere. Well, 
They tried her in the grade one Ashland behind Defining Purpose and Punchbowl last April at Keeneland. She actually made the lead pretty easily that day and got out kicked down the lane to finish fifth, only beaten some four and a half lengths. Uh, she was last seen in the mistletoe about a month ago at Oaklawn Park running behind Butterbean. And uh, instead of trying the Pippin tomorrow against Butterbean and Misty Vale and Ice Orchid and those, uh, Effortlessly Elegant is uh, dropping, if you will, not only in class but in distance, going from two turns against stakes competition to one turn against allowance optional claiming competition. She also ran in the Honeybee behind Wet Paint last year, but far, far back that afternoon. So a uh, big drop in class for Effortlessly Elegant. Uh, she's a filly that, uh, to me, looks like she, well, I wouldn't say this. I, I was going to say maybe she's better sprinting than routing, but she's been kind of decent at both. Um, and I don't know what her running style is going to be today. She's been showing, she's been getting the lead around two turns, um, but her she's won from off the pace routing. She's won wire-to-wire sprinting. And by the way, she's won on a muddy racetrack, which is certainly important. Uh, I don't know if I want four to five on her in this spot. There are other fillies and mares in here and several of them who speed figure wise have races in their past performances that are about as good, if not as good as effortlessly elegant. They just don't have the big stakes, you know, who we're running with and the best in the country or some of the best in the country in their past performances. And I happen to think that these always get overbet. People see these stakes running lines and especially a graded stake running line and they just automatically think that these are way those fields are way better than these fields and it is not always the case sometimes huge fields and allowance races as opposed to six or seven horse fields and stakes where only one of the two stake runners are really any better than allowance horses anyway so interesting uh, i i wouldn't take four to five on her but she certainly makes sense in this spot just waiting on number 12, Charlie May, to move in with Julian Leperu aboard. Going to the outside gate in the turquoise and white blocks of Cecil Peters. Here's the call for race eight at Oaklawn. Charlie May goes in. We're ready to go. And uh, Laroff. Uneventful break for all the runners. Twirled sent out of there, grabs the lead with the long shot to Londa, half length back, pressing the pace. Effortlessly elegant, makes her way into the third position. Charlie May right behind her. Then comes Fee, heated argument. They're side by side. They're four lengths off the pace, approaching the half mile marker, a length and a half clear of Megan's Clara. Let's be clear, they're side by side. Very little sense as one runner beat. That's Demi, who joins her at the back of the pack. Into the forward turn, it's Twirled, very aggressive here. Rounds the far turn, a length and a half clear of Tolanda, sent along from second with the favorite, effortlessly elegant, easily passes that rival, claims second. Fee is on the move down on the rail. She's getting closer, Fee, at the quarter pole, and then Megan's Claire, who's going to get to the outside. Let's be Claire involved as well. It's a pretty wide open affair here as they swing off the turn. Twirled, still in front, effortlessly elegant, all out right now, and she's just been passed by Let's Be Clear, who comes flying on the grandstand stand side and let's be clear just gobbling up ground to the front second twirl back in that position and she will have to settle for the runner-up spot it's let's be clear a big effort today streaks away two and a half in front second home was twirl their stablemate fee was third photo for fourth demi was involved and so was tolanda very little sense and effortlessly elegant who did not fire her best shot today 
And on and on and on and on and on. Three, seven, ten, the unofficial top three finishers in the eighth race at Oaklawn Park. Let's be clear, who had been proven on a wet racetrack in the past. In fact, this was her fifth career try on an off track, and now three wins, one second place finish to her credit on a wet track. So she loves it when the uh, when the skies open up and it rains. She was coming out of a tough allowance optional claimer at Churchill in her most recent start, claimed away from Chris Hartman two starts back for $50,000 by current trainer Sippy Contreras, and he finds the right spot with Let's Be Clear today. Uh, the favorite effortlessly elegant was awful this afternoon. She had a perfect trip under Ricardo Santana Jr., uh, was stalking the pace down the backstretch, moving up toward the leader on the turn, and completely spent by the time they got to the quarter pole. Uh, she ends up being, I believe, eighth in the race, not beaten more than about five lengths or so, but uh, all out down the lane, and uh, the dropping class was not right. You know what? I-, I think we need to give her another chance just in case uh, we were right, and she does not like the wet racetrack. If she didn't like the wet racetrack, she certainly has every reason not to have run well today. Uh, by the way, uh, I want to mention, as we came out of our last break, the San Vicente Stakes, which is the feature tomorrow at Santa Anita, uh, we heard the stretch run of the 1990 edition won by Mr. Frisky. There have been a whole lot of really good horses over the years that have won the San Vicente Swaps won the race in the mid-50s. Lucky Debonair, Majestic Prince won it in 1969. Ancient Title, who was a fantastic racehorse in the early and mid-70s, won the race. Flying Paster with Don Pierce aboard, uh, also winning the race. Uh, Olympio was a really fast one that Ron McAnally had. I think Eddie D. Uh, was aboard that one. Silver Charm, a winner of the race, came home for Paco Gonzalez, won the race. Sydney's Candy about 10 years ago or so. And uh, most recently, horses like Nadal, Concert Tour, Forbidden Kingdom, just some of the San Vicente winners. Mr. Frisky, in case you forgot, was a horse who won 16 races in a row to start his career. The first 14 were down in Puerto Rico, or rather 13 were down in Puerto Rico. Then he came up to San Anita uh, for Las Barrera, I believe, and won the San Vicente, the San Rafael, and the San Anita Derby. He actually ran in the Kentucky Derby in 1990, didn't run very well, came back with three in the money finishes, uh, in the Preakness and a couple other races to close out his career. Overall, 16 wins from 20 starts uh, for Mr. Frisky, the Puerto Rican wonder horse, if you will, uh, when he was uh, running in the U.S. back in 1990. All right, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll get you paid at San Anita Fairgrounds in Oaklawn. We've got more live racing to come. Betting with Bobby on HRRN. Hey, wouldn't it be great if life came with a remote control? You know, you could hit pause when you needed to, or hit rewind. Like that time you knocked down that wasp's nest. Uh-oh. Or that time you forgot to roll up your windows in the car wash. Fantastic. Yeah, a remote control would have come in handy then. Well, life doesn't always give you time to change the outcome. But pre-diabetes does. With early diagnosis and a few healthy changes like managing your weight, getting active, stopping smoking, and eating healthier, you can stop pre-diabetes before it leads to type 2 diabetes. It's easy to learn your risk. Take the one-minute test today at doihaveprediabetes.org. Life doesn't come with a remote control. So you're on your own with the WASPs. You have the power to take control of pre-diabetes. Visit doihaveprediabetes.org today 
That's doihaveprediabetes.org. Brought to you by the Ad Council and its prediabetes awareness partners. Look out, world, we're getting strong. The future's here and we belong. Learn more at She Can STEM, a message brought to you by the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Danica Patrick and proud aunt. Watching my nieces grow, play, and learn is amazing, but not every child gets to be carefree. One in six kids in the U.S. are hungry. One in six. That little girl sitting alone at the playground, she can't play like the other kids. She doesn't have the energy because she's hungry. School lunch will be her only meal today. It breaks my heart that this is the reality in our country, but it's something that Feeding America is working to change. Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. This food is then provided to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about using your imagination, learning, and having fun. These children shouldn't have to miss out on simply being a kid because they're hungry. To find out how you can help end childhood hunger in your community, visit feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. HRRN is live online. Go to our website at horseracingradio.net to stream all of our broadcasts live or listen to the show archives anytime. Read our blogs, get the latest news, and see our entire broadcast schedule. It's all there at horseracingradio.net. And follow us on Twitter at HRRN and like our page on Facebook. Search Apple Podcasts for HRRN and download our latest shows. HRRN is home to racing's biggest events. And our home on the web is at horseracingradio.net. Radio.net. You're listening to Betting with Bobby on the Horse Racing Radio Network. Firenze Fire makes a bold move on the outside of Factor This. They both have to get to Seven Trumpets, though, who has something left at the top of the stretch. Seven Trumpets wanders off the rail, leads by a length and a half. Firenze Fire fully extended in the center of the track, followed by Regalian in third as Factor This drops back. Seven Trumpets resilient. Firenze Fire chasing as hard as he can, and he's now coming at him. Firenze Fire gradually getting to seven trumpets. Here is the line. Firenze Fire wins the Jerome. He had to earn it to beat a tough seven trumpets. Colton, Mississippi third. Regalian was fourth. That was Frank Miramati on the call back in 2018 at Aqueduct. Firenze Fire getting the job done in the 2018 edition of the Jerome. This year's Jerome takes place tomorrow. Out at Aqueduct, welcome back to Betting with Bobby here on HRRN. Bobby Newman here with you every Friday afternoon, 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, oh, yeah, prices from the fourth race at Santa Anita. I need to get them to you quick because it's almost time for the fifth. Uh, the fourth race went to the five Tembo, a seven-year-old big gelding by Carpe Diem out of the Lord Carson Mare, the Hess Express, owned by Tomasic and Tomasic, trained by Steve Knapp, Abdul Al-Sagor, the winning rider, Tembo, 860, 420, second four, Divine Feminine, $8, 210, third three, Paco's Pico, 210 to show, fourth two, now every morning, exacta 4840, the trifecta 7260. Out at Santa Anita now, approaching the gate for race number five, a flat mile on the turf, it's a two-turn mile at Santa Anita. Phillies and mares that are in for a claiming price of $25,000. We've got a field of seven. 
Even money right now, the price on number six, Coria Thunder for Pete Erton and Flavian Pratt. Coria Thunder ran third each of her last two starts and each going two turns on the turf in Southern California at this $25,000 level. Uh, so she's been knocking on the door. Goes from Antonio Frazo, who's been winning a whole lot of races in Southern California, to Flavian Pratt, who most people think is the top rider uh, when he's riding out in Southern California. And uh, Coria Thunder right now, even money, uh, probably a little bit too short. Uh, but her recent speed figures do point her out as the one to beat. Second choice is number two, Chasing Serendipity for Vladimir Sarin and Juan Hernandez. Uh, she's coming out of a, a good effort against $32,000 claimers, but that was last June. Uh, l she's got races in her PPs showing all the way back to 2021 in her last 10 starts so she we can't they can't keep her on the track that often but when she runs she runs pretty well and she's been racing against tougher competition than what she's going to see today here's the fifth out at Santa Anita and they're off a slight stumble there for Woodbine Way but a quick recovery and right to the front Tepid Deux on the inside is up close. Quaria Thunder on the pace while under a tight hold. And Awesome Taylor is four deep. Back on the street just behind this group. Chasing Serendipity is second to last. And Built Different is seven lengths. Off front running Woodbine Way, who takes him to the back stretch by about two lengths. Quaria Thunder is racing in second, followed by Tappet Dew on the inside of Awesome Taylor, and then back on the street behind that pair, four off the lead. Two more chasing Serendipity and a length and a half to Built Different. They swing onto the backstretch with Woodbine Way to catch, has it by two lengths as they run toward the half mile pole. Quaria Thunder is in second, followed by Tappet Dew along the rail, third, Awesome Taylor, widest of all. Chasing Serendipity has gotten a little bit closer, nowhere to go at this stage. Back on the street in between those two, and Built Different continues at the back. It's Woodbine Way, Quaria Thunder. They've been 1-2 most of the way with Tapadu in second. Chasing Serendipity angled off the rail. Gets a little bit of breathing room in fourth. Built Different is up to fifth with a quarter of a mile to go. And Woodbine Way still to catch at the top of the stretch. Two-length lead on Quaria Thunder. Chasing Serendipity and Built Different in the center of the race course. They're in the final furlongs. Tapadu is stymied as Chasing Serendipity kicks it in and mows them down. It's Chasing Serendipity with a nice rally and another win for Vladimir Sarin. Juan Hernandez in chasing Serendipity by two. Quaria Thunder second. Woodbine Way held on to third in front of Tepidu and built different. Unofficially two, six, four, one. The top four finishers in the fifth race at Santa Anita. Second choice on the board. Number two, chasing Serendipity coming off uh, about a six-month layoff, seven-month layoff and uh, taking a little bit of a drop in class for a barn that's very good at getting horses ready to roll off layoffs. Vladimir Sarin, not off to a good start this meet. Vladimir Sarin, I believe this is his first start of the meet, a first winner of the meet at Santa Anita, but it's early in the meet, and Chasing Serendipity gets the job done. Actually drifted up third choice in the wagering, up to 3-1 to one at post time. Uh, we owe you some prices from both Fairgrounds and Oaklawn, so we're going to get the Fairgrounds prices out first. And over at Fairgrounds, the seventh race on the card uh, was won in a hard-fought man manner by the favorite number three, A.G.'s Charlotte. She's a five-year-old dark bay or brown mare by Mo Tom out of the indigo shiner mare, Adrian G., 
owned by Tom Galvin and trained by Patricia West, Marcelino Pedroza Jr., the winning rider. A.G. Charlotte paid $4.3.210. Second two, Speedy Dudette. Speedy Dudette, 32.40 to place, 14.80 to show. I had to read that twice. Look at that twice. Third four, Fort Polk, 9.20 to show. Fourth number eight, whole lot of mo. The exacta 106.20, the trifecta 151.50, dollar super 1,930, uh, rather $1,983.70. Over at Oaklawn Park, uh, results have gone official uh, for their eighth race, and the prices are in. Eighth race at Oaklawn Park was won by number three, Let's Be Clear. She's a five-year-old chestnut mare by Munnings out of the Repent Mare come Sunday, owned by Contreras Stable, Inc. and Victory Stable. Sippy Contreras, the trainer. Francisco Arietta with an, uh, yet another winner on today's card. Let's be clear, 1020, 440, 380. Second, seven, twirled, 1120, 520. Third, 10, fee, 860 to show. Fourth, number six, demi. The exacta $150.80, the trifecta $322, and the dollar super, one, or rather $2,697.60. Our next live race coming up is the eighth and final race on the card from the fairgrounds today. Yep, you heard it correctly. They only have eight races on their card. They usually have nine or ten races on the card, but they've got eight today at fairgrounds. That's all right. They're going to make up for it tomorrow. They've got three stakes on their Saturday card tomorrow at Fairgrounds, and we are going to talk about all three of those stakes. And when I say we, Bob Nastanovich and myself, on our Am Wager Weekend Stakes Preview, which comes uh, your way about 50 minutes from now. It's every Friday night from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. We've got uh, a dozen races we are going to look at tonight. We've got all three of those stakes at Fairgrounds. We've got a three-bagger of stakes at Gulfstream Park, a couple of nice stakes at Aqueduct, the... Uh, San Vicente, which is a graded stake at Santa Anita. I think we have the Pippin we're going to talk about from Oaklawn. Then a couple of Sunday stakes action, Sunday stakes races, the Glitter Woman at Gulfstream and the Santa Inez out at the Great Race Place, all part of uh, the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview tonight from 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern time. Interested to hear uh, who Bob likes in some of those races. We've agreed uh, a little bit down the line. Um in the last few weeks, but uh, I, there, there are a couple favorites I think are going to be hard to beat uh, this weekend in stakes. I, I'm usually trying to beat them, and if I end up on the favorite, it means I'm probably not playing. There is one favorite. I will say this. There is one favorite. I'm not going to mention who. There is one favorite this weekend where if she's anywhere close to her morning line, I, I have to play. You'll just have to listen to find out who that is. Uh, over at Fairgrounds, eighth and final race on the card, race I don't love, by the way, is uh, one mile on the main track, and as I mentioned, the main track is sloppy today. Uh, Maiden Louisiana bred fillies and mares in for a $10,000 tag. Scratch number two, Queens Riot. Field of eight going to post. By the way, I saw an ad today, just completely reminded me of this. Quiet Riot is playing January 27th at like the casino, the, the artist formerly known as Dania Highlight, the casino at Dana, Dania Beach. Um, did Quiet Riot have any albums other than Metal Health? Come on, feel the noise, bang your head, things like that. Uh, did they have more albums than that? 
producer Lee Delapina is saying no, and he knows a lot more about music than I. I wish Bob Nastanovich was on with me now because he obviously knows more about music being a band member of Pavement than uh, most of us do, at least uh, that kind of music. But uh, Lee Delapina is saying nothing of note. So this is supposed to be a 40-year, celebrating 40 years of metal health is how they're describing their concert on January 27th. I, I'm somewhat intrigued. I'm also wondering, does it make sense for me to spend money to go to a concert where I probably know two songs and didn't really care about those two songs all that much? I mean, it'd be fun to go here, you know, bang your head and, and, uh, and, uh, and uh, come on, feel the noise, but uh, I digress. Let's get back to this race at the fairgrounds. Uh, current two to fun, fa- two to one favorite on the board is number six, Mia Antonia. She is over seven coming into the race today. Um, by the way, I don't know if I'm supposed to read this or not. Lee is telling me that uh, the guys in Quiet Riot. Oh, I'm not supposed to read this. Okay, I definitely won't. <laughs> okay, he has inside info about uh, Quiet Riot that I'm not allowed to read. Okay. I'm not going to the concert. Don't You know what I am going to go see, though? They have this, uh, uh, it's a rock, like rock orchestra that's coming to South Florida, and they play songs from, like, Metallica and System of a Down and Linkin Park and and you know these kind of and but it's it's a full orchestra doing it and it's at uh, an amphitheater in Boca Raton and I looked at it, I said that's got to be good I mean I mean it's all it's all going to be fun music and just in a different form and sitting out in an amphitheater in April we're going to that so uh, wife and I bought tickets to that back to Mia Antonia who's the two to one favorite at fairgrounds. Um, ugh. Well, she is dropping in class. She's run against Maiden Special Weights her last three starts. They weren't very good. The one, last time she ran for a tag was at the $20,000 level, and she only got beat ahead uh, sprinting last February. Uh, now she's going two turns, but she's run two turns a couple times already in her career. Listen, uh, she can win, but two to one is way too short of, an, uh, of a price on a filly who was 18 to one, 41 to one, and 31 to one in each of her last three starts. So, um, uh, listen, I'm not telling you what you should or shouldn't do with your money. I'm telling you with my money, please don't bet it uh, on Mia Antonia or anyone else, for that matter, in this race. This looks like an all-burger to me if I were involved in this race. Number three, Pinching Pennies, has been running on the turf and running decent races. If she transfers that over to the sloppy main track, I think she would have a big chance. Um... Number one, Lacey Star is another one. She actually ran pretty well against this level of competition last time out. I think the one and the three are every bit as good as the six in this spot, and they're a little bit better prices than Mia Antonia as they go into the gate. John Dooley has the finale out at Fairgrounds. 5 p.m. Central. Last of the day, over the mile, they're in the gate. And they're off. Let's talk dirty in the white blinkers. Nearest the inside, St. Mary. Mia Antonia settles and 
Hot Golden Girl coming up on the outside to vie for the lead with Let's Talk Dirty as they enter the first turn. Let's Talk Dirty, Hot Golden Girl right there alongside. They've kicked three to four clear from uh, St. Mary, who's in third upon settling and toward the inside, Lacey Starr. They have six furlongs to go from the first line finish with Mia Antonia running in fifth. Then on the outside, Wake Up Dolores is next in sixth. Storm and Mary is saving ground and pinching Penny's trails. The maiden mile here in the Friday finale. The first two of eight furlongs on a sloppy track in 24.36 seconds. These leaders nearing the half-mile pole, Hot Golden Girl and Let's Talk Dirty. Let's Talk Dirty and Hot Golden Girl. They take this toward the far turn with Lacey Starr tracking them from third by four. St. Mary is running in fourth. Mia Antonia starts her bid. Then it's a break of three more to a ground-saving strumming Mary from Wake Up Dolores. Pinching Pennies remains last. Half mile, 48.57 seconds. Around the far turn they go. Hot Girl and Girl has the measure of Let's Talk Dirty as Lacey Starr comes with a bid. A quarter of a mile to go. Mia Antonia straightens for the short stretch in fourth. Big break back there to Strum and Mary. With Wake Up Dolores, St. Mary tailed off. Pinching Pennies is last. Here's Lacey Starr with a sweep. Three quarters, one minute, 14.41 seconds. Lacey Starr comes to take on Hot Golden Girl, and these are the two. Coming past the 16th with Mia Antonia up into third. Let's talk dirty then Strum and Mary with Alexander Castillo. Lacey Starr pulls away from Hot Golden Girl. Lacey Starr reports home by five from Hot Golden Girl. Mia Antonia third, and let's talk dirty. Finish fourth. Unofficially, 1967, the top four finishers in the finale at Fairgrounds. Number one, Lacey's star, Alexander Castillo in the irons, getting the job done and uh, pulling away in the late stages, making her ninth career start. Uh, she had been uh, running well of late, both on turf and dirt, at least speed figure-wise. She looked like she was every bit as good as the favorite Mia Antonia, and today she was much better than Mia Antonia. Covered the mile in uh, not at the quickest of miles we've ever seen, 141-4. and four. But listen, whether she ran 141-4 and four or 139-4, and four, she's still going to get paid the same because she won drawing away, and she's going to get the, the lion's share, if you will, of this $15,000 purse. Over at Oaklawn Park, runners are coming onto the track for the ninth and final race on their Friday card. They have shortened post parades over at Oaklawn, so even though they're just parading in front of the grandstand now, they are allegedly two minutes away from post time for this ninth and final race on the card, a, uh, an allowance event. These are four-year-olds and up non-winners of one other than, and they go six furlongs on the sloppy track. Scratch numbers 10 and 13. We've got a field of 11 going to post. Right now, very slight favorite at 4-1 to one is number 11, Gunflash, for Carl Broberg and Christian Torres ran third against the same level of competition at Oaklawn in his most recent start. He's tried a wet track once in his career. He did not run very well, uh, but he is proven at this level, and if he can run on well on the sloppy track today, he's certainly one that has a chance. Number one, Don't Wait Up, is 9-2 to on the board for Gennaro Garcia and Rafael Bejarano. Uh, he comes out of that same race as Gunflash. He was the three-to-one favorite that day uh, before completely dropping anchor after being close to the pace in the early going. Don't know what happened that afternoon, but his good races, speed figure-wise, are as good, if not better, than the others in this field. So if you can find an excuse for his last race, he's going to have a big shot. And by the way, he is one-for-one one on a wet racetrack. Number six, 
Zambezi is getting some play down to four to one right now. In fact, just ticked down to seven to two. He's the favorite for the moment for the team of Steve and Keith Asmussen. Uh, Steve trains, Keith rides, of course. Would be funny if it was the other way around. Zambezi coming off a nice second-place finish against this same level of competition at Churchill Downs. That was sprinting seven furlongs, and uh, he was coming from off the pace that day, so he gets a wet racetrack for the first time. He gets a shorter distance this afternoon, uh, but he does like it at Oaklawn Park, uh, a win and a third-place finish from two career starts on the Oaklawn Oval, and bred to handle the wet just fine, being by Candy Ride, out of the AP Indy Mare Sahara win. Remember her? She was a nice filly in her own right. So they are uh, getting close to post time for the ninth and final on the card over at Oaklawn Park. And 7-2 to two the favorite, uh, still Zambezi. 4-1 to one on Gunflash toward the outside. 5-1 to one on both number one, Don't Wait Up. And number four, T. Burns. T. Burns was second against this same level of competition at Oaklawn December 9th. Uh, flew out of the gate to a clear lead and just couldn't hold on at odds of 11 to 1. Got beat by a neck uh, by a horse named Billy Jack while uh, holding off a plausibly uh, plausible denial uh, for that runner-up spot. So expect T-Burns to fly to the lead. I would think icing is going to show speed out of the gate as well. Faithful Ruler goes to the lead basically every time that he goes to the races. Cold as hell is a horse who's been showing a lot of speed. And even number one, don't wait up, can show speed, although with all that other speed outside of him, I don't know if that's going to be what happens. Listen, if you think somebody can win it from off the pace, they're going to get some pace to run at today. Maybe that's the favorite, number six, Zambezi. Maybe that's number 11, Gunflash, who has won from off the pace a few times in his career. There should be a lot of pace early on in this finale at Oaklawn Park. I hope the weather is a little bit better the rest of the weekend at Oaklawn Park. I, I can tell you here in South Florida, it's supposed to rain tomorrow afternoon. And that certainly could affect uh, the Ginger Brew and the Dania Beach Stakes, two of the three stakes that are run later on in the card. It's basically supposed to rain from about uh, noon all afternoon. Uh, so hopefully it won't be as bad as they say and we'll be able to stay on the turf tomorrow at Gulfstream. But just in case, uh, you might want to handicap those turf races for a move to the synthetic track. They, they like to do that at a drop of a hat here at Gulfstream, so uh, hopefully that won't happen tomorrow. We'd love to see those races remain on the turf, but obviously Mother Nature has uh, most to do with that, and we'll see uh, how it pans out. Uh, it didn't rain nearly as bad at Santa Anita last Saturday as... They and I thought it was going to. They actually kept the stakes on the turf last Saturday, although they moved the Joe Hernandez from the downhill uh, turf sprint to the more conventional turf sprint. So they kept it on turf, but they didn't keep it on the downhill portion of the turf. Um, but it was supposed to rain a lot harder than it actually did, and uh, they got away with it, and um, it all was good. Hopefully that'll be the same thing tomorrow here in South Florida. Back at Oaklawn Park, they are loading quickly for the ninth and final race on this Friday card. Lots of speed signed up in this six-furlong affair. Number five, icing, a long shot moving in. Certainly one who figures to be fast out of the gate. Just waiting to the outside with eternally grateful to move in. 
eternally grateful is uh, facing up to the gate right now, just deciding. Gun flash a little bit restless behind, goes in, settles down. Now eternally grateful, trying to give Francisco Arietta yet another win on the card. This one for trainer Scott Becker. Oakland, race nine. For now, enjoy this nightcap. We're ready. And uh, Lyroff. Great beginning from Faithful Ruler, who takes advantage of the good break, clears off, gets to the rail. Faithful Ruler on top. Scampers two lengths, clear of Icing, who runs in the second spot. Zambezi in the third position with Cold as Hell. They're together. A joint third, running five lengths off the pace. T-Burns joins them. A gap of two at a B-Sud, who's down on the inside with Don't Wait Up. Huntsville joins that party. So does Gunflash and Faithful Ruler is the trailer as they hit the forward turn run. The leader is Faithful Ruler. That's eternally grateful who's at the back. Faithful Ruler is the pacemaker. Faithful Ruler's still in control. A length and a half clear of icing who runs in the second spot. T-Burns attempts to get closer from the third spot as they round the turn. Faithful Ruler still in front. Hits the quarter pole with a two-length lead. T-Burns icing all chasing. Zambezi on the extreme outside trying to get there too. Faithful Ruler approaches the furlong pole. He puts three lengths on his competition now. Zambezi in the second spot trying to come on cold as hell. Far outside, gun flash, but as they hit the 16th pole, it's Faithful Ruler. Faithful Ruler, he's desperate for the line, and he's going to get it. Faithful Ruler, Harry Hernandez with his first career Oakland win here. B-Sud second, eternally grateful, gets up for third, and there was a photo for fourth. Faithful Ruler at 14-1 to 1 steals it. All right, the announcer called it 9-2-12. I thought it was pretty close there for place and show between the 12 and the 2. I actually thought the 12 might have got up for second, but we agree on the winner, number 9, Faithful Ruler, who just got out in front of this field and kept on going at 14-1. to Looked like there were four or five speedrunners in the field. Gate open, 9 blasted away from the gate. Nobody could keep up, and that's all she wrote. And listen, sometimes you handicap it right and sometimes you handicap it wrong. And I was as wrong as could be in that race. They're showing the stretch run and the slow motion down to the line. Oh, I think the 12 got up for second. Boy, that's a ballsy call by the announcer saying that the two ran second in that race. At very best, that's a photo finish for second. But I thought it was 9-12-2. We'll find out in a little bit. Speaking of prices, owe you prices from the fifth race at Santa Anita, where number two, Chasing Serendipity, got the job done. Uh, a six-year-old bay mare by Vancouver out of the pulpit mare, Box Office Queen, remember her? Owned by Graves, Pellman, or Seymour, trained by Vladimir Serin, Juan Hernandez, the winning rider. On Chasing Serendipity, who paid 8 20 Second, six, Coria Thunder, 240 210 Third, four, Woodbine Way, 260 to show. Fourth, number one, Tap It Dew. Exact to 1640, the trifecta, 3480, Super, $67.10. Uh, we owe you prices at Fairgrounds. We'll get you that in a little bit, and we'll get you the prices at Oaklawn once they go official. As we came out of our last break, we heard the stretch run of the 2018 edition of the Jerome, won by the Warhorse Forense Fire. He seemed like he ran in every race for about five years straight. In New York. I don't know if you know this. Jer the Jerome, which, by the way, this year's Jerome takes place tomorrow at, uh, at Aqueduct. The Jerome is the second oldest stake race in the country, only behind the Travers. They have been running the Jerome in New York since 1866. It's a race that, for the most part, 
was run during the fall meet at Belmont Park, so late in the year as far as the three-year-olds are concerned. And um, it's a race that three Kentucky Derby winners have run in and won. Aristides, who was the first ever Kentucky Derby winner, uh, won the race in the 1800s. What year would that have been? That Aristides, 1875, right? That was the first Derby. Yeah. Uh, Carryback, I believe, did the same thing in 1961. And most recently, Fusaichi Pegasus, one of my favorite horses, uh, strictly because I made a big future book score on him in the Derby. But uh, he turned the trick in 2000, winning the Derby and then the Jerome. Since the Jerome has been moved to Aqueduct and at the beginning of the three-year-old season, no horses have gone from the Jerome to win the Derby. In fact, most of the horses who win the Jerome don't even run in the Derby, yet it is still a Kentucky Derby points qualifier, probably because of that history that it has. Um, My personal opinion is I don't know how the Jerome, that's a one-turn mile and ungraded, can be a Derby po- Kentucky Derby points qualifier, but the Mucho Macho Man, which is a one-turn mile at the beginning of the year at Gulfstream Park, is not. There have been three horses in the last four years that have run in or done well in the Mucho Macho Man that have run in the Derby or supposed to run in the Derby. Sole Volante a few years ago. Simplification was a very good horse a couple years ago. And let's face it, whether you thought he could win the Derby or not, Lord Miles won the Mucho Macho Man uh, last year and, right, didn't he win the Wood Memorial? And he was supposed to run in the Kentucky Derby if they wouldn't have suspended Saffy Joseph Jr. for, as it turns out, no reason right now. They, they suspended him just in case, just because they could. Um, and Lord Miles didn't get to run in the Kentucky Derby. I'm, I'm, not, I'm confused as to why the Jerome is a points qualifier and the Mucho Macho Man is not. I think they both they both probably should be points qualifiers. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, they're on the track with about seven minutes to post for the sixth race at Santa Anita. Still all your prices from everywhere. Give you a little news that's happened in the last 24 hours. Betting with Bobby on HRRN. It just isn't the same without the lion. Join the San Diego Zoo Wildlife Alliance today. Visit SDZWA.org. I'm 54, so basically, it's too late to start saving for retirement, right? Not right. Starting to save, even in your 50s, can really make a difference. Well, right now, saving seems hard to wrap my head around. Plus, with the way this year's been going. (laughs) Hey, listen, it's okay. You still got this. Just go to aceyourretirement.org. It's an online tool from AARP that can help you get your retirement savings on track no matter your age. It's free and only takes about three minutes. I like three minutes. Yeah. At aceyourretirement.org, you'll chat with Avo, the friendly digital retirement coach. Just answer a few questions and you'll get a personalized plan and tips to help boost your retirement savings. Tips that are easy to understand and tailored to your lifestyle. I like that too. Plus, it's sponsored by AARP, so you know they got your back. Just head to aceyourretirement.org and make your plan to start saving for retirement. Thanks. That's aceyourretirement.org. A message from AARP and the Ad Council. 
In honor of all those we've lost to cancer and those still fighting and thriving, like basketball analyst and cancer champion Dick Vitale. I want to beat cancer. I'm going to beat it. That's no doubt in my mind. I'm going to win this battle. Defeating cancer will take all of us. Join our team to help fund game-changing research that saves lives. At the V Foundation, V is for victory over cancer. V is for victory over the odds. V is for victory over health disparities, victory over setbacks, victory over the unknown. V is for victory over giving up. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Donate to the V Foundation to join our team and help save lives. Cancer can take away all my physical abilities. It cannot touch my mind. It cannot touch my heart. And it cannot touch my soul. 100% of donations fund game-changing cancer research. Donate now to the V Foundation at V.org. Hi, this is jockey Brian Hernandez. For me, there's no bigger thrill than crossing the finish line in front, and nobody captures the excitement of our sport like Horse Racing Radio Network. Each week, HRRN brings you exclusive talk shows, podcasts, and in-depth conversations with the biggest names in racing, jockeys, trainers, owners, and more. Plus, HRRN is committed to helping disabled riders through their support of the PDJF. So climb aboard a winner today by visiting horseracingradio.net. You're listening to Betting with Bobby on the Horse Racing Radio Network. It's Bella Fina narrowly in front, mother, mother now a neck behind. Ask for a bit more as Bella Fina widens now three quarters of a length, and Bella Fina firing a big shot. Opens up a length on mother, mother now it's two. Tomlin is in third. They're heading to the eighth pole. She's heading to the eighth pole. Bella Fina is all by herself. An extremely classy display from Bella Fina, who just absolutely overwhelmed the competition. Bella Fina strolls in the Santa Inez, won by about nine. Mother Mother was second. Tomlin third, then reflect. That was Frank Miramati on the call back in 2019. Back then, it was a great two event to Santa Inez, won by the good Philly Bella Fina. This year, Santa Inez. I believe is now a grade three race takes place on Sunday out at Santa Anita. Welcome back to Betting with Bobby here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. I'm Bobby Newman here with you every Friday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern time as we head toward our Am Wager Weekend Stakes Preview. Just 24 minutes away, Bob Nastanovich joins me to discuss t- 12 big stakes from around the country this weekend. Looking forward to hearing who Bob likes in those dozen stake races. We're uh, getting close to post time for the sixth race out at Santa Anita today, a maiden special weight event for three-year-old fillies going one mile on the main track. Only a field of four, unfortunately. Six were entered, but number two, Halone, number five, Scarlet Avenue, have been withdrawn, and we've got four to five and even money on number four, Gate to Paradise, and number one, She's a Tempest, uh, respectively. Number four, Gate to Paradise, boy, uh, she's kind of been keeping better company than I think what she's going to see today. She debuted sprinting five and a half furlongs on the dirt at Del Mar and ran well when finishing uh, third, only beaten about four and a half lengths uh, behind Chatelas, who's turned out to be a pretty nice filly. Since then, the connections of Gate to Paradise, CRK Stable, and trainer John Sherris have been putting her in tough spots. Uh, they ran her in the Del Mar Debutante, which is a grade one affair. Uh, she was 10 to 1 that day. She did finish third, 
behind Tamara, and she was beaten nine lengths, and doesn't sound like that good of an effort, but especially for these Phillies, your, your grade one stakes placed right off the bat, uh, that is huge when it comes to uh, breeding down the line and lots of dollars in their pocket if they if they decide to uh, sell her or uh, sell her foals. Uh, she followed that up with being bet down to five to two in last year's edition of the Chandelier, formerly known as the Oak Leaf at Santa Anita during what what was used to be run during the Oak Tree Meet. It's now known as the Chandelier, which uh, is named after a restaurant at Santa Anita and uh, gate to paradise was uh, ran against Chattelus again and finished fifth beaten some six lengths. Now she's finally back in against maidens and only in against three other maidens. And it, you would think that coming out of those two graded stake races, she should have a much better chance today than she did in either of those last few starts. Um, she's going to have to beat number one. She's a tempest who's got back-to-back second-place finishes from two career starts uh, in her resume. Uh, Both of those races were sprinting on the dirt at Del Mar, where she showed speed and just got a little bit late uh, in the final 16. She didn't get beat badly in either of those races. Stretching out around two turns, her her breeding says yes. She's by Connect out of a Tisnow mare. In fact, you could argue that she's bred to be better long than short. Um, she certainly looks like she's going to make the lead in this race. I would think number three, Ultimate Authority, may try for the lead as well. She wasn't that far off the pace sprinting in her debut last time out. But inside post and coming off those two sprints where she actually showed speed and made the lead last time out, she's a Tempest, should get out to the lead, which I would think means that the favorite gate to paradise is going to have to be a passer. And by the way, as I say this, Gate to Paradise is not favored anymore. Now, number one, She's a Tempest has flip-flopped in the odds with Gate to Paradise. They're both short, four to five right now on number one, She's a Tempest. Even money right now on number four, Gate to Paradise. Six to one on the third choice, Ultimate Authority. And uh, the rank outsider is number six, Discrepancy, who's raced three times already in her career, all three sprinting, and she wasn't really effective in any of those. Um, Stretching out around two turns for the first time, maybe she'll show some improvement. And if you think she's going to improve enough to win, you're getting 20 to one right now. But certainly looks on paper uh, like She's a Tempest and Gate to Paradise are the two logicals in this spot. And as they arrive at the starting gate, they remain four to five and even money. So She's a Tempest in the lime green and dark green silks of Beerman Family Trust and Say J Racing will be the first one in. Good-looking daughter of Connect with Tiago Pereira aboard. Ultimate Authority, Hector Barrios aboard this daughter of Practical Joke. The gray or roan Philly Gate to Paradise, easy to spot. Daughter of Arrogate, Kaz Kimura aboard for the first time. And long shot discrepancy, who's getting a little bit of neck sweat as she moves into the starting gate, but uh, still looks good. Here's Frank Miramati on the mic. And they're off. Ultimate authority, and she's a tempest. She's a tempest a little bit quicker. Discrepancy comes away in third, and gate to paradise is moving through along the inside, pretty eager in the opening stages and finding a seam on the inside of She's a Tempest. That door closed pretty quickly as She's a Tempest clears off to lead it by a length and a half. Ultimate Authority second and Gate to Paradise is down at the rail, just about a length and a half off the lead. Discrepancy has two and a half to make up. 
Onto the back stretch, and it's She's a Tempest and Tiago Pereira leading the way by a half length. Ultimate Authority. Now moving up alongside in second and Gate to Paradise keeping pace a length and a half off the leader in third. Discrepancy is just outside of her. They're coming to the half-mile pole and it's She's A Tempest. Trying to stretch that speed out. Leads the way still by a neck. Ultimate authority. The gray is Gate to Paradise and Discrepancy. Round the turn, three furlongs out. She's A Tempest still by a head. Ultimate authority in second. Now Gate to Paradise is being hard ridden along the inside, trying to keep pace. And discrepancy on the outside. They pass the quarter pole and turn for home. She's a Tempest and Ultimate Authority. Ultimate Authority on the outside takes a narrow lead. She's a Tempest fighting bravely. Four back to Gate to Paradise in third. One furlong left. She's a Tempest comes back. Has her head in front of Ultimate Authority. They'll come for the wire together. She's a Tempest or Ultimate Authority. No to nose. She's a Tempest just in front. Photo finish. Looked like she's a Tempest, but we'll wait for the placing judges. Very close between her and Ultimate Authority. Then it was Gate to Paradise in third. Photo finish in the sixth. And that would be three for Steve Knapp if she held on. And like Frank, I think she did hold on. Number one, she's a Tempest inside. Number three, Ultimate Authority outside, putting in a show down the stretch in the sixth race at Santa Anita. Uh, Placing judge is going to look at the picture and see what happened, but it looked at first blush like number one, She's a Tempest, may have had her nose down in time. They're showing the slow motion stretch run right now. She's a Tempest just in front. Yeah, I'm going to say she won it. I think she won by about four or five inches and gets the job done. One, three, four, six, the unofficial order of finish in the sixth race out at Santa Anita. Folks, did you know Verizon is now offering customers a free iPhone 13 or up to $800 to put towards a new 5G phone? This offer is available for all customers, both new and current, with select trade-in and select 5G unlimited plans. Verizon's best 5G unlimited plans offer up to $90 per month of value, the most included value in the industry, and include incredible savings and the most popular entertainment like Disney+, Plus. Hulu, ESPN+, Apple Music, and more. So turn in your old 4G device, walk away with a brand new 5G device at your local Verizon store today. Uh, they posted, posted the numbers 1346, indeed, the order of finish in the sixth race at Santa Anita. We'll get you those prices in just a little bit. Speaking of prices, we owe you prices at Fairgrounds and Oaklawn. Eighth and final at the Fairgrounds, won by number one, Lacey's Star, Four-year-old Bay Philly by Astrology out of the Even the Score Mayor Lauren P. Owned by Kelly and owned and trained rally by Ke Kelly Avant. Alexander Castillo, the winning rider, Lacey Star, paid $820, $460, and $280. Second, nine, Hot Golden Girl, $1080, $560. Third, six, Mia Antonia, $280 to show. Fourth, number seven, Let's Talk Dirty, the Exacta $79.40, the Tri $67.80, Dollar Super, $567.00. And 20 cents over at Oaklawn Park. Ninth and final race on their card came 9 12 2 6. The track announcer called it 9 2 12 6. That, why do that? Say, just say photo finish or too tight to call or something like that. So you, you only make yourself look bad when you do that. Hopefully, he won't have that happen again. Uh, but no doubt about the winner, number nine, Faithful Ruler, wire to wire, five year old Dark Bay or Brown Gelding by American Pharaoh out of the Giants Causeway Mare. Uh, Deste Fideles, owned by Dennis Pohl, trained by James Watkins. Harry Hernandez in the Irons, Faithful Ruler, 31 40, 13 60, 660. Second 12, Eternally Grateful, 760, 580. 
third two, B Sud, $9 to show. Fourth number six, Zambezi, the exact $320.40. The Tri, $832.55. The Dollar Super, $8,278.90. Over at Santa Anita, results and prices are in already for their sixth race. Number one, she's a Tempest with a narrow win. Three-year-old Dark Bay or Brown Philly by Connect out of the Tis Now Mare Hurricane Tis, owned by Beerman Family Trust or Say J Racing, trained by Steve Knapp, who's having a great day. Tiago Pereira in the Irons. She's a Tempest 380 and 260, no show wagering. Second was number three, Ultimate Authority, 440 to, sh- to place. Third, number four, Gate to Paradise. And fourth, number six, Discrepancy. The exact is 1780, the Tri 2320, and the Dollar Super, $15 and 90 cents as we came out of our last break we heard the stretch run of the 2019 edition of the santa inez the santa inez is the sunday feature this week out at santa anita it's a race that's been run since the earlier mid 50s out at santa anita and there's been some pretty nice fillies who have won the race like susan's girl and terlingua and the great filly very subtle as well as goodbye halo and back-to-back years in the mid to late 80s, I think Serena's song won the race one year. Indian Blessing won it one of the years that they ran on a synthetic track uh, at Santa Anita back when they had that ridiculous idea, and sadly it's coming back. Now, th- not for the main track, but for the training track. I think I think Indian Blessing actually had the stakes record that year. We're like, went like 119-4 in that year's edition of the Santa Inez. Bellafina. She was a filly that if you could if you got if you could catch on to her and what her thing was early enough, you had a chance to make money. She was fantastic in Southern California and awful everywhere else. I think she won seven out of eighteen career starts, and all seven of those races came in Southern California. She was like seven of eleven or seven of twelve, seven of eleven, something like that in Southern California and like 0 for 7 when they took her away from Southern California. Uh, she was a really, really good filly in Southern California, but she obviously didn't like shipping and had, you know, had a different temperament when she was other parts of the country. Uh, but when she was good, she was really, really good. And she got the job done in the Santa Inez back in 2019. All right, we're going to take one last break. When we come back, we're going to give you a little bit of news that came out earlier in the day. This is Betting with Bobby on HRRN. VA has a new life insurance program for veterans with service-connected disabilities called Veterans Affairs Life Insurance or VA Life. VA Life benefits include up to $40,000 in coverage, no medical questions to enroll, and no time limit to apply if you are age 80 or under. Veterans can apply, receive an instant decision, and manage their policy online. Learn more about VA Life or apply online by visiting va.gov forward slash life dash insurance. Protect those who matter most with VA Life Insurance. Parenting is hard. Technology can make it harder. The family media plan developed by the American Academy of Pediatrics helps make it easier. Go to healthychildren.org forward slash media plan to create the media plan that's right for your family. Whether you make a full plan or just choose a few parts that matter the most to your family, healthychildren.org forward slash media plan is an easy to use tool that will help your family set media priorities and create healthy digital habits in line with your family's values. You'll also get practical tips to help make the plan work. And you can come back to revise your plan as often as you need to, like at the beginning of each school year, 
or during summer and holiday breaks. Raising kids in the age of screens is easier when you have a plan. Go to healthychildren.org forward slash media plan and make your plan today. Did you know that when you make time to do three simple things each day with your children, talking, reading, and singing, you're helping to shape and strengthen their brains for the years to come? I love to look at the pictures in a book and notice little details about the characters. I pause along the way to ask my child to wonder about how they might feel. When you ask open-ended questions like, what do you notice? Or what do you think will happen next? You're inviting them to be curious. All these rich conversations help develop both their vocabularies and their thinking skills. And it's a great way for you and your child to bond and discover the world together. As a father, helping my child is the most important thing to me. Each of us has the power to create a strong start for our children by talking, reading, and singing with them from the moment they're born and help them to enter school ready to learn and succeed in life. Visit TalkingIsTeaching.org for free tips, resources, and ideas on how to transform everyday moments into magical moments for learning. Want to get the latest HRRN content directly on your computer or mobile device? Then subscribe to our podcast using the Podbean app or Apple Podcasts. Just go to hrrn.podbean.com on your computer and click follow or download the Podbean app and search HRRN. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and listen to our latest episodes anytime. Don't miss a thing. Subscribe to our podcasts today. You're listening to Betting with Bobby on the Horse Racing Radio Network. Terra Promessa is a quarter mile from the money. Terra Promessa leads Streamline. Now ready to confess, has just taken over second. Ready to confess is inside of Streamline. Final furlong, Terra Promessa, a two-length leader. Ready to confess and Streamline continue to chase her. They come to the final 16th and Terra Promessa has run them right off their feet. Terra Promessa ready to confess. Streamline, Terra Promessa. The 36 Pippin goes to Terra Promessa. She won by two. Ready to confess was second. Streamline third. Ruby Sue finished fourth. That was Vic Stauffer back in 2017. The Pippin Stakes at Oakland Park won by the good Philly Terra Promessa. This week's, or rather this year's edition of the Pippin is tomorrow's feature out at Oakland Park and won a dozen races that Bob Nastanovich and I will talk about in the upcoming Amwager Weekend Stakes preview about seven, eight minutes from now. Tara Promessa, uh, in all, a multiple graded stakes winner. Of course, the Pippin was not a graded stake, but she had won the Honey Bee in the Fantasy uh, back as a three-year-old in 2016. And after winning the Pippin, won the Grade 3 Bayacoa and the Grade 3 Allaire DuPont Distaff at Pimlico uh, later on in her career. So she was a really nice filly in her own right for Stone Street Stables and Steve Asmussen. Uh, interesting story that came out on Thoroughbred Daily News today from our good friend Bill Finley uh, that's entitled Handle Drops by 3.7% in 2023 as purses also take a slight dip. Um, and this, and the very end, it says, uh, in a somewhat encouraging development, the average field size actually showed a little a slight increase from 7.3 to 7.43. So what does that mean? The handle went down despite... The field sizes going up. Um, well, it means a couple of things. One, uh, people can bet other things, I think, a lot more easily now uh, than they could in the past. I mean, let's uh, just right here in Florida, for per, uh, just for a perfect example, within the last three weeks or so, 
uh, sports betting has become legal here in Florida. The Hard Rock Hotel uh, has a sports book open. Uh, anyone can get their app here in Florida and bet right on their phone. So there's a, and, and Florida obviously is not the only one. There are several others out there who didn't used to allow sports betting that now you can do that. So there's other wagering out there. But I think there's more to it than just that. And I'm guessing that the effect... The, the fact that the handle is down, despite all the money coming in from these CAW players, means that the non-CAW players, which, let's face it, are probably you and me, they're definitely me, and they're probably you, most of the people listening out there, uh, that our handle has decreased. And maybe we're the ones finding other things to bet on a little more than we did in the past, or... I would say some people not betting horses at all anymore or maybe playing tournaments more and live or live racing less if you live money I should say not live racing it's all live racing um but I thought it was interesting and there is th- this is one of the things that I'm sure Mike Rapoli and Pat Cummings with the new Thoroughbred uh Alliance are going to try to figure out a solution for everyone benefiting, you know, with in this new world of us dealing with CAWs and late money flying into the pools and, um, you know, things paying maybe less than we think they should or expected them to pay. Um, I, they're they're going to run into roadblocks there, too, unfortunately. Because I, I, the, the tracks, in my mind, have gotten themselves in so deep with these CAWs that they can't, they can't do anything to discourage them. They are such a big part of the track's handle. Why are you going to, what is it, bite, bite your nose to spite your face? You know, if they're the biggest single part of your handle, you, you know, they, money-wise, you're not going to try to please all the other people who are betting smaller amounts, like us, uh, and discourage the people who are betting the most amounts, those three or five or seven or eight or ten people or, or conglomerates, conglomerates that are doing it. Um, it's an interesting story. Uh, I think it's a bad news story. 3.7% does not sound like that much, uh, but it is a lot. When you consider how much more money is going in the pools just from the CAWs, it means there's a lot more, lot less money coming into the pools from, you know, Tom, Dick, and Harry better, you, me, and our friends. It's been a fun afternoon on Betting with Bobby here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. For our producer, Lee Delapina, I'm Bobby Newman. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Hope you had some winners along the way. Stick around. Coming up next, it's the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview. Bob Nastanovich and I are going to look at a dozen races from around the country. And don't forget, tomorrow morning, the Equine Forum presented by Twin Spires, our good friend Mike Penna, with some great guests on hand from 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Stick around. Weekend Stakes Preview, three minutes away.